This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi. And Good afternoon. morning, Mom. How are you? Good afternoon in New York. I'm in San Francisco. And we've got a guest, uh, clear up from Maine, I do believe, clear on the, on your East Coast, not on my West Coast hide. It's a great mm, time. Yeah, it's a great time up there, July, 15, July 15th. Wow, it's a and wonderful you, and you time. Know it reminds me of, Mom, I've got to tell you, it reminds me of our summers in Bar Harbor, Maine, with Scott, when, when my brother was still alive with our family. And there were such great memories of us taking family vacations there. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful up there. Really wonderful. Well, Heidi, uh, we've also, it's going to be a great show because I know there are a lot of folks out there who are widowed or widowers. And, and it's a special um, experience today because uh, Laura uh, Slap Shelton, who's going to be on our show, it was a young widow, uh, only age 35 when her husband uh, Les died in 1991. And she had a 13-month-old uh, daughter at that time, Melanie. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting show for uh, young widows, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've been told so by so many widows, and I've worked with young widows for eight years at the 9-11 Project, but we've been told so often from w- widows, you know, we want to hear shows about people that are young because we're young and we can't identify with widows that are older and, you know, 70s and 80s. We're young widows with children, and we want to hear more shows like that. So I'm very excited to have this, you know, have Laura coming on and talking today about her own experience. And also, she's written a book for uh, brief children called Melissa's Magic Ride, and we'll talk to her a little bit about that. It's a beautiful book, and you can go online and take a look at it. Really, really lovely. And also, she's doing some uh, work with widows, and, and one of the groups that, that we really uh, like, Michelle uh, Hernandez, right, Hyde? Yeah, oh yeah, I love her. She's great. Yeah, wonderful. She does a lot of widows groups. And, and if you go, if you, if, the people out there that are listening, if you go onto Facebook, and join our Facebook page, Open to Hope Foundation. Just put in Open to Hope Foundation, join our Facebook, because we will post things from all of our authors, and Michelle's one of them, and we'll post events that are going on around the country for widows Absol- and widowers. Absolutely. So, well, let's get on with the show. Uh, Laura, hi. Hi. Now, you're up in Maine, am I, r- am I right? Yes. And where are you located there? Um, I live in Kennebunk. Oh, yeah, we've been to Kennebunk. Oh, nice. Great. Very nice. Very beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful up there in the summer, particularly. We enjoyed our summers up there. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, about Les and, and about your journey and, and uh, being left with a 13-month-old, I mean, a th- yeah, 13-month-old daughter. And, he, and he'd had surgery before, right? Right. Yeah, he, um, well, we were married and we were both young professionals. Um, he had just finished his residency and I would just... Um, finished my graduate program in psychology, and um, we waited till I got licensed to have a child, um, and and in the course of that time, he it turned out that he had um, an aortic aneurysm, so we had a trip to the DeBakey Center in Texas, and he had surgery with the best, um, but unfortunately... Um, Right around the time that my daughter was, you know, just a little over one, he had a heart attack. And because of the 
way the surgery had been done, it was a somewhat new surgery, they couldn't really get to the site of the heart attack in time. So, oh, oh my goodness. It was a pretty shocking, horrible day. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, he was a, a physician when you said residency? He, yes, yes, he was a um, physician. He was a psychiatrist. Um, and how old was he when he died, Laura? He was, um, I have to think, he was 41 at the time. Wow, that is so young. Yeah, absolutely. What an experience. It, yeah. yeah, how awful. So so tell us, you you had told us that you really felt as a psychologist and he was a psychiatrist that you guys probably all had it all together and you were going to be able to work this through, right? Right. Well, not only, of course, did I have this professional background, but most of my friends did. So they all arrived at my, I, I sort of, I, we sat Shiva at my parents' house and they all arrived um, with articles and books and, you know, all sorts of expertise. And, um, and so, you know, we kind of, I kind of dutifully read some things and was definitely in a state of shock at the time. Well, and you um, also had sitting Shiva for what, seven days. You had the whole process, the whole thing down, right? Of what would happen. Exactly. Although we're, we're not particularly religious, so I don't, it wasn't, you know, that structured, but we were, we did, people came and brought food and it was really a wonderful, supportive thing. Um, but yes, that was another, you know, we had that down too. So um, I think it was after I went out to dinner with some friends that I had this kind of interesting moment where it seemed like my life flashed in front of my eyes in a very odd way. And I realized that I was like so far from being ready to be out with my friends or anything at all, really. Yeah, so t- tell us about that. What happened? Did you, for our audience, did you did you cry or did you just get upset or what what happened? Um, it was, I, I, really, I spent the whole time, we went out to dinner and I spent the whole time really fighting back tears, which I hadn't expected because I really was in a state of shock. And, and, then, and how long had it been? It had just been like four days. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, it was really too soon. And then I had, um, I can't, it's hard to describe. It was this odd experience of suddenly something flashed through my mind and it just flickered back. Um, all my experiences with less um, huh. kind of flashed through my mind. And and um, it, then one of my friends whispered to another friend, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> so... We, uh, I went home, and then I began to like realize what I was actually feeling. Uh huh. And and what did you do? Um, I cried a lot. It's very important. And um, you know, I had to be there for my daughter, of course. So, you know, it was you know kind of be together, keep it together for a while, and then try and find like a place to be alone and and cry and get my emotions out. Now, were you working? Um, I had been working part time, but then I did take off from work that, that I, I forget how long I actually took off, but probably for at least several months. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I was working in a psych setting and everybody wanted to, um, I was teaching at the University of Rochester and, uh, and, and actually in mental health area and uh, I was a psychiatric nursing consultant to the surgical service and all the psychiatrists wanted to come in and do uh, mental health assessments on me and all that. And I, I finally said to one of them, you know, I grieve on my own time. 
you know. Well, well yeah, I think people are always too trying to, they're trying to fix the problem and give us tons of books and fix things. And, and you know, initially all you need is acknowledge, you need people to sit with you, acknowledge your pain and support you initially because you're in, like you said, such a state of shock and you're not re- ready to read dense material and, be, and you can't fix people after a loss. No, you no. really, the, you need, I mean, have, the practical things that people did I found were the most helpful. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to keep going forward all the time when you're grieving. Grieving, I found to be physically exhausting. And mm-hmm. um, having people help with meals, having people, um, you know, come and take my daughter for a little bit, all those things were so important just to give me some time to um, regroup a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about being a single parent? I mean, um, that's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> I was just saying that, Mom. I'm thinking, you know, just the idea that you're grieving, but you have this baby that needs you 24 hours a day that you need to take care of. Yeah. It's a very, that seems like a lot, Laura. Yeah. It's a, it's a daunting task. Um, and it's, well, one of the issues that came up eventually, what we had, she, we'd already started a little bit of daycare, so um, eventually the daycare people told me that I shouldn't be talking to my daughter at all about her father, which was really shocking. Things have come so far since um, when I was widowed, um, but at, at that time you were supposed to sort of not discuss it and... and um, it was, and it, which was totally an unhealthy way to go. Um, so there was a lot of social kind of, there were other issues involving being a single parent and, and trying to figure out how to fit inside, in, into society and into my social life, um, as really a new mother. Um, and for a, example, my, and a young, group, and a young widow. I mean, and the yes. So, like, my baby group friends all went on to have their second kids, and, you know, and that was painful to watch. And um, Mother's Day, where, like, I'd be the only mom at the park with my daughter <laughs> while the fathers were there with their kids. Um, so there there are a lot of moments that were, were really trying, I'd say. And how did you cope with those for our audience out there? You know, so then now they recognize their trying hard moments. How did you deal with it? Have you got any tips for them? Um, I, I think that the, the main thing is to find um, the, there's always going to be a few people, hopefully, that will understand where you are and, and will be able to support you. And I think that that, for me, was just so crucial to have a, a couple of people that could listen to me, could understand me, and um, were able to help out when I when I needed some help. And I did go to a widow support group, a young widow support group, um, which was also helpful. Um, it, you know, being a young widow even today is not a majority experience, and so walking into a room full of people who young widows and widowers is for this group was really an amazing feeling like, oh, I'm really not alone in this. And um, knowing that, that that there were other people out there was just very crucial. Um, 
And so the work you're doing is very crucial. Um, I also started writing articles about grief for um, another online um, website, and that was helpful because it helped me organize my thoughts. You can talk um, about that site. What site is it that you have articles um, on? That was selfhelp.com. They've been around for a really long time. Mm, and you're also involved with uh, Soaring Spirits Foundation, right? Yes. Um, well, to back up a minute, then eventually I started my own website, which is um, griefandrenewal.com. And then um, Soaring Spirits Foundation sent a, an announcement about their widows conference that they had last summer. And I was so excited because it was, you know, I'd sort of, I'd been married and at you know, hadn't been quite as active as I once was. And, and here they had made this incredible experience for young widows and widows at any um, kind of stage. And I, I got to be involved with the global panel, um, which was an amazing experience. And just um, Michelle Neff Fernandez's energy and her ability to really highlight all of the aspects of young widowhood and, and make it okay for everyone and to create connections between young widows is, is such an amazing um, gift. So that's been a nice um, piece for me to be Now they're going to have a widow's camp in August, right? Soaring Spirits, yeah, Lost they, Foundation. Are you going to be there? I am. I'm actually running the um, global panel this year. And I also will be on the, um, there's an author's panel that I, I will be on. Oh, well. great. So people can go on that site and look at it. Well, I know there's something that you just put in a little something there that I know our audience is going to be interested in. You remarried. Tell us about dating and, and how does one decide when. And we had somebody come on and told, tell us that he got married too soon. And, you know, what are some of these issues? Right. Um, I think it's, it, it it does depend a lot on where, you know, um, who you are, where you've been, what you, how, how you're doing with your grief. So I, I feel like it's important to say not to be judgmental of other people who may move a little bit faster. But um, for me, I, it took me two years to go on my first date. I just, I had, and I had the most morbid first date ever, probably in human dating history where I talked about death a lot. So I was probably still not quite ready. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's a very big transition. There, there's a lot of mixed feelings about being not loyal to your, your spouse who's died. There's a lot of, of fear about, you know, meeting new people, not knowing really who you are entirely because your identity really does go through quite a transformation after a loss of this magnitude. Um, so my advice is to take it very slowly, to, you know, set your own boundaries, um, to to make choices that are really going to be in your best interest and, and not to be in a rush um, and certainly not to try to meet too many needs of other people. Now, how about uh, dating online? Have you had any thoughts about that or have you talked to any widows who are doing that or um i i actually met my husband through a friend who was doing online dating so i was like a, a step removed i think that that's a, a can be a great way to meet people again you have to be safe and you have to feel like um you're in control of the situation 
Somebody told me always meet him at Starbucks or some coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. go out in the it's evening. There's all different ways to meet people. But at the point that I met my husband, I had really sworn off ever getting married again. I sort of said, I, I have a degree, I have a daughter, I have a career. I've been married once, and now I'll just do something else <laughs> in my life. So, um, But, of course, that's when you meet people. <laughs> yeah, someone said that to me the other day. You meet him when you're not looking. Someone, uh, she was telling me she met her uh, person she's with now in the ball, sitting next to her at a ball game. <laughs> so, really, That's yeah. Great. So, uh, wonderful book, and you wrote the book uh, for your daughter. Yes, um, one of the there are many wonderful books for children on grief, and it's that's just a wonderful, fabulous resource that people have now. Um, one resource, though, that I found wasn't so available was for children whose um, parent died when they were so young that they really don't have real memories of their own of that parent. And for my daughter, this became a very real issue, um, especially after we had, um, after I had gotten married and we had moved. And I think she was really trying to sort her own feelings out. Um, And she was, she was about eight or nine at that time. So we would take long walks and we'd kind of make up stories. And I kept trying to make up a story that would somehow give her some peace. And so that's the story that I wrote has been through many changes. And um, But basically it is a story about a little girl who tries to, who needs to for herself remember her father but can't and has she has a dream which gives her a lot of comfort and a sense of connection with her father great and people can get that book by going to uh, griefandrenewal.com your website yes um actually not yet oh okay <laughs> um they can get the book by going to um exlibris.com which because i did end up self-publishing this okay book. well thank you so much for being on the show laura and good luck with uh, the national conference and uh say hello to michelle for us and um it sounds like you are doing a lot of good in the world well thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure well we, thanks laura we appreciate you and thank you for helping children heal after loss um, well, Heidi, that was a really interesting show today, wasn't it? Yeah, and I love the topic because I worked with so many people after 9-11 that were pregnant when their spouses died, and these babies never, ever even saw their, their fathers. And I love that there's a book out there about this topic. Very important. Yeah, Melissa's uh, Magic Ride would be a great book for them. And uh, I love what they're doing uh, with the Soaring Spirits Lost Foundation. Isn't that great? I think Michelle's only been doing it for, I don't know, maybe three or four years. She got in touch with us. So really great what's going on for widows out there in the net and all that kind of thing. Well, you've been listening to the Open to Hope show with Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. Please stay tuned again next week. Go on to our site, opentohope.com, and a new show will be posted at 9 o'clock California time, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, 
others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.